0: Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends. Brought to you by drrodo.com.
1: Good evening, everybody. It's Straffer Upside uh, with a kind of special guest. Used to be a regular, been really busy, you know, from in the cup. It's Adam White. How you doing, man?
0: What's going on, C Emrick? Hey, it's uh, it's been a little while since we talked some football.
1: Yeah, we've got the golf guy, we've got the esports guy, and uh, we're going to talk a little uh, little pigskin here. Talk about some of the games that are coming up. Uh, I'm pretty excited. We used to we used to do these you know dual pods a lot. You know, it was uh, before the days of video on a, a very legendary sports network. As a matter of fact, I believe
0: is that right? This is news <laughs> to me. <laughs>
1: I mean, it was in name only, you know, in name only. Yeah. Um, But all right. Well, hey, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at some of these games and look at uh, any of the pricing. Um, I have uh, briefly. uh, I do show with with Lou. Uh, a little segment and uh you know he forces me on like monday morning to send him plays it's way too early I, sometimes the thing hasn't even been posted yet and i'm trying to scrape through this and figure out some plays but uh, i think that you know just as a general overview there are a couple different pockets uh at different positions and pricing that uh you know are going to determine whether you're successful or not getting those pockets right um you know We'll kind of go through those as we get into the games, but let's start with uh, a game that I think has a player that's in one of those pockets. It's a team that's near and dear to my heart and yours, the Detroit Lions hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, You've got Kirk Cousins, you know, lining up under guards. You've got Dalvin Cook knocked out of the game. You have the Lions that haven't had a pro level wide receiver on their roster. it seems like a year, year and a half. Uh, this game is a divisional game. I think this game goes under the total. Uh, I think the real question here is, do you play Alexander Madison? His price is significantly higher than it's been before. And if not, do you kind of pivot uh, somewhere else? We don't know if if Swift is playing.
0: Yeah, and the question is, if he does play, is he limited? Because why would you put the guy out there? He's one of your only like valuable pieces. Why would you put him out there and run him twenty times or give him twenty touches? Like, I would I would imagine that um, Jamal Williams is getting most of the work. Being that I am a depressed Lions fan. Um,
1: well, and I think yeah, that's Madison interesting. Seventy
0: six is expensive. It just yeah, means, I mean, like a lot.
1: It does feel like a lot, but it is you know a uh, it's a running back going against the Lions. Uh, you know, it's a game that they should be the favorite. They should run and control the ball. Uh, you know, Jamal Williams is pretty interesting at 5,400 if Swift is out. I do tend to believe that this is more of a grinded-out game. You know, I talked about it on the look back on Monday. I, I've had it in the chat. You know, these divisional games where it's late in the season tend to be games that don't score as many points. They they go mm-hmm. under around 65% of the time. It's where I'm going to be placing the bet here. And we've seen kind of a shift with some of the teams, even the pass heavy teams within the league, start to run the ball a little bit more. If that, you know, maybe the situation arises, maybe it's just something that they're seeing uh, against the other team. I have to believe that Madison's in line for 20 to 25 touches. He touched it 32 times the last time they played.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's the thing is he actually was getting the majority of the work the week the Lions played the Vikings last. That was also a low-scoring game. So I was very surprised to see the total up around 50 myself when I looked, but I do still think he's going to get a lot of work, and the Vikings seem to love to ignore Jefferson when they can. Um, So, yeah, I expect him to get a lot of work. I mean, he put up a 30-burger last time they played. Seven targets, seven catches. Like, it's hard to ignore
1: I mean, here's the thing. Madison is in one of those pockets. Um, He's in the lower end of like the the running back pocket, and he's really expensive on FanDuel too. Um, A little bit more affordable pass game work makes him kind of more desirable on DraftKings between the two, but I I think this is definitely a spot overall that you could just avoid. You know, Madison's at 76, but you've got Joe Mixon at 81. You've got Austin Eckler at 83. You've got Jonathan Taylor at 92, and even below him, Cornette at seventy three hundred, Patterson at seven thousand, Barkley, Henderson, and Robinson all above that six k, but kind of in the lower end of that pocket. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of pivots. I probably, as it stands right now, am uh, just betting the under on this game and uh, not just. Get, I'm just not getting involved here.
0: I think if if Swiss rules out, I think I think Jamal Williams is viable at fifty four hundred bucks on on DraftKings. They've shown they like to throw to him. Um, when he plays, so we should get a few pretty easy points um, catching passes out of the backfield. So that's the only one I'm interested in. I can't, I just can't, I'm with you. I can't go up to Madison for that price with the other value there.
1: Yeah. And the one thing that I, you know, I pointed out, uh, I, I think on Monday or maybe when I was talking with Lou is that, you know, this Lions defense has been really, really, really like exceptionally bad against the run. The last couple of weeks, they've just been really bad. You know, it it hasn't been historically bad. They were good against the Bears, um, you know, reasonable against the Steelers and Browns, both teams that have a far more formidable rushing attack than Alexander Madison, not trying to dog him. But, you know, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, I I think I put those players in a little bit of a higher regard than than he does. So um, this isn't the same Lions team that we wanted to attack at the beginning of the year, but by no means are they a, you know, fixed defense that I want to avoid either. Nope, not at all. All right. Well, the next game uh we are gonna roll into here is another game that I'm just not sure that I, I have a ton of interest in. Maybe you can convince me otherwise, but we've got the Philadelphia Eagles, a seven-point favorite going against the Jets in New York. Uh we've seen Jalen Hurts just absolutely regress, um, not just you know, into the you know, less than exciting quarterback that I always thought he was, but as a kind of a bummer for fantasy, he was a model of consistency through the end of last year, through the beginning of this year, almost seemingly uh, a guy that never failed, and now he's just failing, and Zach Wilson just fails. This, this game doesn't look good, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, Wilson's, Wilson's a rookie, but, yeah, I mean, it's hard to like any of the pass catchers from Philly. Um, the run game is so – it's just so spread out. It's hard to – pinpoint the volume's not going any one place especially now that jalen's kind of slowed down the passing game um i don't know how banged up he is he's also questionable so yeah this game just looks like kind of a whole bunch of muck if you like if you like the jets to be in catch-up mode um i mean elijah moore i think is reasonably enticing at 5500 but he had his best game with flacco behind behind center right
1: um, yeah, but we saw Elijah Moore that even even when the rest of these guys didn't see a ton of targets last week, um, Elijah Moore still got eight targets, four for 46, you know, put up a couple points, not where you need him to be um, if you're putting him on the GPP lineup at 5,500. I guess out of those pass catchers in this entire game, obviously Devontae Smith, I think, has two touchdown potential every single week, and if you are going to attack pieces or you do fall into needing a receiver around that price point, um, I think he's he's fine to take a stab at. And I still, you know, coming off of a really bad game, having a questionable tag on him right now, Jamison Crowder kind of seems like a guy at 4,600 that can be a real, like, slate-breaking type of guy if he catches a couple touchdowns. He's going to need more than one target to do that. But
0: Here, Here's a question for you on more of the, uh, like, what where the receivers are running their route. So has Elijah Morbin play mostly in the slot? I haven't had enough attention paid to that. You know, if Carter comes back, is he just stepping right back into his normal slot role, or is he sharing that with with Elijah Moore?
1: Well, they've played together recently. So, like, last week was a week that they played together in all those games. So um, they rotate both of these guys around. And, um, yeah, I, I just, you know, I think as long as Zach Wilson is the quarterback, I just don't have a ton of interest, at least with, you know, Mike White, at least with Joe Flacco. These guys were dumping the ball off to the running back. Um, and believe it or not, like Tevin Coleman is 4,500 and he saw 16 carries last week, but he just saw nothing in terms of pass game. This Eagles defense has been decent at limiting points. The Jets have been one that we want to attack. Like you said, do I play Miles Sanders? Do I play Jordan Howard? Do I play Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell? And then you also have Jalen Hurts. It's just like this Jets team is one we want to attack, but we've had them playing against the Texans and we've had them playing against uh, the Eagles, and neither of these spots are, are ones that we can, you know, feasibly go ahead and
0: attack. Right, and I think, you know, the players that you might want to target in the in the Eagles passing game, like Dallas Goddard, and you mentioned Crowder too, even Elijah Moore, these guys probably need a, sh- a fair amount of volume, and I think Philly's shown now that they don't want to be a passing team, so you're not going to get that volume. At least you can't rely on it. And the guy who's getting the targets is Elijah Moore, um, but on the other side of the ball. But yeah, it's just, it's hard to pay up to Devonta Smith because it's just hard to predict the volume's going to be there. It's just a game I want to stay away from. It's just gross.
1: Yeah. I mean, speaking of games that you might want to stay away from, here's another one that just doesn't feel very good. Despite uh, Kyler Murray uh, supposedly coming back, the Arizona Cardinals are eight point favorites going into Chicago. Man, I, I don't know like who's gonna be behind center for Chicago. Does Justin Fields come back? Is it Andy Dalton? Does it matter? Um I mean, I don't know. Like I, I guess I wanna I wanna consider playing James Conner because he, he said yep. cent has that backfield. Uh, Arizona should be up and, and seemingly have found themselves inside the five yard line with opportunities for James Conner to score, you just like Seemingly every week, sometimes twice a week, uh, this guy has put up a ton of touchdowns, and I am really upset. You know, we were talking about best ball and our teams and uh, the blackout drunk teams that uh, we, we we drafted. At least I was blackout drunk. Um, quite alone. frankly, you said you're not, but I, I looked at that other team, and, and you might as well just say that you were uh, because different, you know, what, different substance. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I mean. Like, James Conner has had a touchdown, I think, in every game except for against the Browns since September 26th, and two in four of those.
0: It's It's been ridiculous, yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he's the best bet to score a touchdown every week outside of maybe Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor maybe. He's been very consistent. So he's the first guy that I thought of, and I think – Honestly, coming off a bye, you still have Kyler at least banged up. I think they're going to want to put the ball in his hands. So him that fits $900 in a game where they're over a touchdown favorite, yeah, I'm, I'm in on that.
1: Yeah, the concern that I have with Connor, um, again, just initially, is he does fall into one of the cheaper pockets, a, a pocket of guys that I think have some other options. But um, he just has not seen – hasn't been effective running the ball he does need that pass game usage and he's been getting it and this is a role that we saw him in in Pittsburgh you know he was the only guy there he caught passes out of the backfield the last three weeks we've seen 15 targets come his way and he's caught Thirteen of those uh, for something like 120 yards and even one touchdown. So James Connor definitely on the radar. Somebody that we want to look at. What about the wide receivers for Arizona? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, if he comes back, is at a all-time low of 6200. Uh, does that just feel like stealing? Like it does. It does. And and you know what? It might be an empty pack of baseball cards that you get, but it feels like a 6200 that like a Hopkins Connor. Murray stack is something that you can, you know, feasibly go to with an expectation that this team could score four touchdowns.
0: Yeah. I would expect, I would expect them to score four touchdowns in this game. Um, yeah. I, I want to like Hopkins. Like if you assume he's back and he's back to being healthy, um, I'd say he's, he's a good bet to score a touchdown. It's just the question is, is he still seeing the volume that you're used to seeing out of DeAndre Hopkins That's it's been inconsistent, so it's hard to be super excited about it. Um, but I, I am interested in in Kyler if he's healthy. So I think he'll be very, very low on his price coming back. Um, and I think he's got QB1 upside, like overall slight QB1. Yeah, and I
1: think, you know, what we see a lot of times is people take kind of a wait-and-see approach with some of these guys when they come back, and rightfully so. is. Yep not necessarily have the the best track record in terms of being a quarterback that performs through injuries, hence why he's been sitting out these last couple of weeks. Um, But, you know, you're going to get probably, I would say the lowest uh, ownership on Kyler Murray that you'll get all year, 7,500, feasibly comes out, puts up 30 or 40 points, and uh, really kind of breaks breaks the the QB position at least. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on. Let's let's talk about another just super exciting game. I, I mean, I, I think that there are a couple, but uh, quick, out of this early window.
0: <laughs> quick question for you from the last sure. game. Like, I think Mooney has to be at least mentioned. He's at fifty six hundred bucks. He's seeing volume. I don't know if um I don't know if Robinson's gonna be back or not, but he's put up over twenty DraftKings points three weeks in a row, and he's still only fifty six hundred.
1: Yeah, I think uh, a part of that for me just depends on which one of the quarterbacks is throwing him the ball maybe. Like I I feel better if it's going to be Andy Dalton. Um, Mm -hmm. They kind of seem to have more of a connection than he did with Fields, partially because Andy Dalton is at least a somewhat competent quarterback um, at this point in his career versus Fields at this point of his career. So, yeah, that's definitely a guy uh, that if you want to pick apart on this or if you just wanted to run it back. Um, the Cardinals have had a couple of high-scoring or at least one high-scoring game against the, uh, you know, NFC North division uh, against, you know, Minnesota. Could they do it against the Bears? Sure. And if the Bears, you know, need somebody to run it back, Darnell Mooney's probably the guy.
0: Yeah, that's who I'd look to.
1: Uh, so... Here's one that it does have some pieces that I like, but it's just never a team that I want to full stack. They have been surging lately. The Miami Dolphins host the New York Football Giants. They are uh, about a five-point favorite. Um, you know, talking about a guy that's high, you were talking about Mooney. Uh, but Waddle. Jalen Waddell is making a case for rookie of the year. He's not gonna win it, it's gonna be Mac Jones, but uh Jalen Waddle is making a huge case, just carrying this team. Nine receptions, 137 yards, and a touchdown last week. Going against the Giants defense that, despite the great performance that they had against the Eagles, I don't think is very good. And I think this is the type of game that Waddle should just absolutely feast in.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's home, so you don't have you don't have inclement weather to worry about. He's just seeing. Stupid, stupid volume, like exactly what you want out of a DraftKings full PPR site type receiver. I mean, he's seen, he's damn near averaged ten targets a game over the last five games. Like he's, they're short, they're short a dot targets, but they're still they're full points for every single every single catch. So it's valuable. I'd I'd have to bet on him at least going three x on his six point or six thousand four hundred salary. So that alone makes him a good play right at least for yeah
1: well and what what you think about too is that there are a couple of these teams that have defensive philosophies where they're just you know that and i i hate saying cliche stuff like this it's not my thing so i throw up a little bit ben don't break yeah and i mean like like the, the the giants are one of those teams you think back to the primetime game against the um Kansas City Chiefs, this was, you know, the Chiefs were not in top form, but they were just getting whatever they wanted, short, intermediate passes. I think this is a great game for Waddle to take advantage of that and Giseki as well. You look at what the Giants have allowed to wide receivers. You know, they allowed over 40 points to wide receivers against Tampa. They allowed over 40 points to wide receivers in that game against the Chiefs, and they had some much larger games where they allowed a lot of points earlier in the season. Now they had a good game against the Raiders. Uh, you know, the Raiders are hot and cold. They had a good game against the Panthers. I think that was Sam Darnold still. And then, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, looking at the trends, you know, if if Tua comes to play, I think Waddle and I think Jacecki, and I think a Waddle-Jacecki-Tua stack is something that's somewhat considerable. I just don't know who I would run it back with. I mean, if Tony's back, you'd think that he's a good play. But Galladay, Shepard, you know, this entire wide receiving core, nobody's getting the volume. This has been the case for the Giants for so long. You only want to target the Giants when somebody's hurt, like everybody's hurt. But even then, even now, that's not working out.
0: No. No, their offense has just been abysmal. Um, And on the the Jaceki play, too, he's had – he's had – most of his big games when Devontae Parker's been out and that's the case again this week. So yeah, I like that play a lot. He'd be, if you're going to target the Miami passing game, um, you know, and you want to stack, I think he'd be a good contrarian play to to Waddle. But I think they are double stack viable, like you said, with the way that, you know, the, the giants kind of funnel to that short run game, any given that they're probably going to be leading any, um, any interest in miles gaskin their sub six guy
1: no i mean if gaskin scores two touchdowns again and gets there he gets there you know it's just something that i'm willing to live with i think Um, on the Mm -hmm. other side of things you know the the guy that i might be interested in he falls into that kind of that pocket of the running backs and saw a a majority of the workload play 52 to 60 snaps saquon barkley um you know He's going to explode possibly at some point this season, and it's going to be when people don't expect it. Why not in Miami?
0: Yeah, it's a fair question. I mean, it, it's—I think it just feels like there are some really nice, cheap, star contrarian options. Like if you look at him, you look at Nuke, you look at some of these guys, where you go, "All right, they haven't shown it lately, but it's still New Hopkins. It's still Saquon." So, yeah, to your point, you get, a, you get a back at 6K who has a lot of uh, pass catching upside, the ability to take it to the house, and maybe not slate breaking upside, but the upside where you can you can see him going 4 or 5X pretty quick. Um, yeah, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. You know he's not going away if they have to pass in catch-up mode.
1: And you're probably going to get them at two to three percent ownership and i mean that's probably where i feel good about it you know in the simulations currently with the projections and the the slotted players and what whatnot uh is in about 10 percent of the optimal lineups um and that's not a high number you know like there are a couple guys we'll talk about that are are much much higher uh, believe it or not jamal williams who we mentioned earlier is the oh. second highest uh, optimal rate at 20%. I think this is obviously assuming that Swift is not playing. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. I mean, that's two out of ten times. But, uh, <laughs> you know, hey, it is what it is. I felt like it was worth mentioning. Um, look, you know, I talked earlier about pockets, like uh, wide receiver, quarterback, running back pockets, and we briefly touched on that running or the, the – running back pocket, but the wide receiver one that I was talking about, Waddle kind of, you know, is the is there for it. We've got Tyler Lockett at 6,500. Seems to be the only wide receiver in Seattle that that Russ wants to throw to. We'll talk about that. But, you know, 6,500 down to that 5,600 mark where Mooney is. Yeah. You've got a, a series of guys, Jalen Wild, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Smith, Chase Claypool, Brandon Cooks, Hunter Renfro, T. Higgins, Mike Williams, Michael Pittman, and Darnell Mooney. Some of these guys have had some fantastic performances over the last couple weeks and surely are going to command a bunch of ownership. There's a couple of these guys that have had some down weeks, whether it be because they've game scripted out, just have not gotten the targets. Um, But I like some of these guys, uh, specifically a guy like Mike Williams at 5,700. Speaking of that, this is a game that has one of the highest totals We've got the Chargers coming to Cincinnati. It's a 26-23 implied game, about a three-point spread. Mike Williams has not been involved in the offense. Keenan Allen has been getting mass amounts of targets, but no touchdowns. What do you like from this game? Mike Williams at 5,700 is going to be in an obscene number of my lineups.
0: Yeah, this is actually the first game when I started looking at the team, the, the team totals and the matchups for the week. I went, I need to stack that one. Like, it's, it's just a fun game to look at because you've got so many different players that since he spreads it around to on offense, I mean, you could see T. Higgins, Mixon, or Jamar Chase go off for 30 points and not at least maybe 25 for T. But like, there's some guys that could go off there. Then you have Eckler. Um, like you said, Keenan's been steady. But then Mike Williams, I'm with you, is kind of that lower. Priced probably lower own guy because he hasn't performed, but he's shown that 30 point upside as a receiver this season. Um, so him as a target with that type of upside is kind of hard to pass up. Um, because so I think he's got probably higher upside than Keenan and he can do it on a lot less volume, which to me is really, really enticing. So you can stack this game so many different ways, it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's always been the big thing. That's what I've kind of targeted. They're about two thousand 000- dollars difference too in price so that's huge keenan allen's up at 7500 pretty close to the highest he's been all season and and, you know part of that is that the guys had double digit targets the last five weeks um he catches most of those balls he goes over 100 yards but he's only got two touchdowns this year and that's kind of the limiting factor because you know even when they are within the 10, within the five, for some reason, I've just watched a lot of the Chargers games and I've seen these situations. And the reason is because I have Mike Williams in my lineups every single week. Um, And they throw to Mike Williams a lot. Uh, They try and find ways to get him into the end zone Um, Whether it be him not catching it, Justin Herbert not delivering a good ball, it always seems to end up going to Austin Eckler, which um, Austin Eckler is in play as well in this game. And I think you can even play Herbert with Eckler because Mm -hmm. Eckler just gets enough of his touchdowns via short little passes and and has involvement in that pass game. It seems like a distant memory, week one, zero targets since then just obscene 96557103678 five, with seven receptions for touchdowns i think that's about as the same that he's had for yeah he's got seven receiving and seven rushing touchdowns yeah. austin eckler is another guy that's up there at 8300 that i think will go underlooked and is a fantastic play to me in kind of gpp formats because uh, very real floor but very very real ceiling
0: Definitely. And the thing is, like I don't know if you can say there have been slate breaking games, but I don't know the, the Chargers game against the Browns comes to mind. The Chargers game against the Steelers a couple weeks ago comes to mind. So they've had these huge shootout games where you know several players go off. So it's like that perfect, if you're going to correlate quarterback to receiver, bring it back with another receiver, um, then this is a perfect game to do something like that. And I think You can get relatively cheap. Like Justin Herbert's been the QB one on the slate three times this season. So if you go Herbert, who is, is he in the so Herbert? If I start like Herbert, Mike Williams, T Higgins, you still got some room to play with there as far as money goes.
1: To be fair, though, Justin Herbert has been like the QB one three times, been pretty close one other time, and has just been absolutely abysmal from a GPP standpoint the rest of the time. Uh, You know, this offense does have its issues. This team is not as good as maybe the perception was earlier in the season. You know, we don't need to think too far back. We can think of like the Dallas game, for example, where they just shot themselves in the foot with penalties and turnovers. And, you know, Maddie was telling me on Monday that there's – know problems with the the right side or the left side one of the sides of their offensive line there's only two but one of them uh not so good they have issues and that is something that Cincinnati can exploit um whether they do or don't you know you're right this is a game that you want exposure to in DFS um but I think that the the thing that you could do is just take it the other way instead of looking at Herbert who's been like I said, kind of inconsistent. And you know, if you're not getting a QB1 performance, you're not getting the performance you want, but you got a little bit more consistency out of Joe Burrow. Not recently, because Joe Mixon's been taking it. I would say that you could even go with an Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon fan duel type of build hmm. and then expand from there.
0: Yeah, I was I was looking at this on DraftKings and just their prices. I mean, they're 16.5 between the two of them. That's a lot of your salary to eat up in two players that generally running backs don't correlate well together, um, although they both catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. So I don't think you'd have many lineups on the slate with those two, and if they both go for 25-30. Yeah, you be honest. It depends that...
1: on how you correlate the rest of the lineup. It just feels like mm-hmm. this game, I've heard other people talk about it. I, I've seen it mentioned. You said it was the first one that you've looked at. Um, you know, it's got the... I think it's got the highest total, or maybe the second highest total, but it's the only one that's a you know a reasonable spread. So I think that there's going to be a lot of ownership here. You know, when ownership projections uh, come out and kind of are finalized through a couple different sites tomorrow, um, I, I think I'll make some more uh stands in terms of how i want to approach this game but it, you know i have a feeling that it's going to be highly owned if it's going to be like obscenely owned i think that as we talked about we've seen these teams fail and we've seen them fail routinely um this might be a, just a game that you just get away from it and hope that it's one of those situations
0: yeah yeah especially when you're talking about you know a herbert has struggled when he hasn't been elite so if he struggles and since he gets out to elite how much is since he even forced to pass they might just sit on it and run Joe Mixon uh, the rest of the day to hold on to a lead. So, yeah, if that scenario plays out, I could see the game dudding a little bit. But that being said, I still, I think, I still think it's my favorite game to stack. But that's going to be the case for everyone. <laughs> yeah, fun. I mean,
1: it's just, you know, like you said, the Chargers have been involved in so many high-scoring games, but so have the Bengals. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, these are two teams that you want to target. Uh, speaking of two teams that you want to target, uh, we've got Tom Brady going to Atlanta. 30 points implied for the Bucks. 20 points implied for the Falcons. Uh, I think this game's a trap. I think this game goes under. I don't mm-hmm. think that the Falcons can nearly muster the same type of pushback that they had uh, back in the first meeting between these two teams. And I just don't think that Tampa Bay is going to – try and overexert themselves i think we're going to see a lot of what we did last week where they're running the ball a lot this is quite frankly tampa bay this could be kind of a letdown spot too they've been on the road three of their last four games this will be their second game in the road they haven't had like a continual homestand since like the first two weeks in the season i i mean this this lines up really well for them at the end of the year but like let me read this to you they started at home first two games then it was two road one away or no two road one home oh actually it was one and one I got the one game double ended. but nevertheless nevertheless three of the last four games have been on the road this will be four out of five divisional game late season I don't know that's what I'm saying
0: is this their second time playing
1: Yes, they played the week two. It was forty-eight to Uh, twenty-five. They were routing the Falcons. Falcons came back, and that game allowed that comeback kind of pressured the Bucks to continually, you know, uh, put their foot on
0: the gas, and that's why they scored forty-eight points.
1: Yeah, Tom Brady only had thirty-six pass attempts in that game.
0: Didn't AB have a monster game? I think. um, I mean, they scored
1: forty-eight points. I think there was quite a few monster games. (laughs) Yeah,
0: for sure, but. Yeah, it's – I'm kind of with you on this, um, especially if if the Buccaneers have most of, if not all, of their pass catching. Um, well, A.B.'s going to be out. Like, A.B.'s only,
1: out for two more weeks. A.B., AB's. yeah,
0: but, I mean, Gronk is back. He's showing like he's full strength now. He had a great game last week. That's the one where I think I'd be most interested at 53, because Gronk had a big game last week, didn't score any touchdowns. Um, I think I go back to him. He's got 17 targets his last two games. And I think Atlanta's pretty exploitable over the middle. Um, but they yeah, have I mean, been, they have been pretty himself. good.
1: I mean, they have been good against tight ends. They had just one massive uh, malfunction against the Miami Dolphins, but have shut down other tight end heavy teams like the Cowboys, Patriots, and, um, that's it. I mean, those are the only two that shut down. But uh, from a tight end perspective, but I agree with you. Like Gronk is probably my favorite play.
0: Yeah, and, and you got Fournette coming off the huge game last week. His price went up some, but maybe he'll still be perceived as a value. He's probably going to just carry more ownership that I'm interested in, given that he hasn't shown upside outside of really that game and maybe one more.
1: Well, not at this price, and and, and you know what? I I want to play Fournette. I think this is a good spot but I do feel like a lot of people are going to be point chasing. I don't want to be one of those people. Uh, 7,300 is just a huge price tag for a guy that just hit, you know, it's not the touchdown upside. It's not the the passing game involvement because both of those things are there, but you really almost need two touchdowns or the ability to get a hundred yard bonus, which he has the ability to get two touchdowns, but it's just not a guarantee and the hundred yard bonus that just doesn't seem likely. So I don't know. I think Gronk is the, the right play here. Um, we'll see. I, I just, I do like Leonard Fournette, and it's it just, uh, it is a battle in my head. He is in that pocket of running backs and a little bit cheaper than guys like Eckler.
0: Yeah. I mean, I like, um, I like Gronk kind of just as a one-off in this game. Cause it's, I think it's going to be similar with Cordell Patterson. People are going to be point chasing from last week's big performance. Um, yeah, and flat out. I mean, I would take I would take Alex Madison over Fournette. I would take Madison over Patterson given the matchup. I'd take Barkley at 63 over those two guys. Given the ownership yeah, and everything back I mean,
1: so, but is is the matchup really that good? I mean or that bad? Like, look, Tampa Bay has not been this like impenetrable run defense over the last five or six weeks. I know some of those weeks it it was a result of injuries, and they're a little healthier. Um, but The one thing that this defense has done well, the last two weeks at least, is create sacks, turnovers, Um, and and they probably will hear, but Patterson is going to be a guy that's going to be involved. Um, He's on my radar. I'm not saying I'm going to play him, but I want to pose you a question. Patterson, redraft next year. Season ends today. It's over. Where are you drafting Patterson if you had to do a redraft tomorrow? For next year, not for this year.
0: Assuming Mike Davis is still there, but not good. um, They don't know anything else. I mean, if I'm in a full PPR league, I'd have to be comfortable drafting him in the second round. Would you
1: take him in the first? Maybe like at the end of the first? See, that's – I'd be – Like on the turn.
0: I'd be uncomfortable. What if he had running back eligibility? Running back and receiver eligibility? Let's just yes. say he has running
1: back eligibility. That's the question because receiver eligibility in a PPR league, I think he, you can find guys that are, are more interesting there. But if he has running back eligibility, you're essentially going zero running back, but you're getting a running back uh, because you're getting a wide receiver. I, I look, I, I just feel like he's in one of those spots where you said you would take him in the second round. I almost feel like anybody that you would take in the second round, you have to say that you'd take at the end of the first, like at 11. Uh, obviously 12 is the same thing, but if, if you – You know, if you like him in the second round, you you won't get him in the second round if you're taking him at eleven, or if you won't take him at eleven because you're not going to take him at at two in the second round.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a good question. I guess the reason I'm hesitant is just because he hasn't shown he can be this type of player. Um, I would contend that he has.
1: Just nobody's let nobody's let Cordell Cook. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. what it's been. You
0: know. It's been true. I mean, he's mostly been a special teams guy. And, like, trick, they'll bring him in and throw him a swing pass and get him out in space or run a reverse or something. But I, I, it's been fun to watch the way he's been used with, with Atlanta. He's, like, the only reason to watch that team right now. Yeah. That's it. Is, is Ridley ever going to come back? Is he just done with football or what? <laughs> I don't
1: know, man. God. I don't Kill know him. what's going on with that. Kill it's him. just – yeah, no, I had a ton of Ridley, and and it oh. does suck. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I still think and I contend that as much as we talked about it, I, I feel like this game is is somewhat of a trap. I'm torn. I've like stacked the bucks so many times, and they've they've hurt me. They've won me money. You know, it's been everything in between. So I'm torn. I, you know, Brady's done me done me right this this season, and so I want to go back. I want to go back to the well. But every time I go back to the well, I just get an empty bucket, man. You're
0: timing it wrong. Don't let that dissuade you, though. I think they're still stackable. You know, it could be one of those games where they come out and score 28 points by halftime, and you're like, oh, there's there's the reason I play Brady.
1: Yeah, and then then you're like, man, my lineups are looking good, and then they don't do anything for the rest of the game, and then everybody just passes you.
0: <laughs> it sounds like you're uh, you're calling this from memory. It's not
1: like I. Uh, hey, look, it, it, like either you start in last, and you finish in last, or everybody passes you. Every once in a while, you get a first, and it feels good. Yeah, um. Yeah. So another game. Uh, this one does not feel like a trap. It just doesn't feel like something that I want a, a ton of. Another divisional matchup. Getting a ton of those right now. We've got the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, about ten point favorites. Just under. I think it's nine and a half. Um, against the Houston Texans, like I want to play Michael Pittman, but are they going to need to? You know, fifty seven hundred. Yeah, I don't want to play Wentz. I don't want to play probably Cooks in this situation. Like the the Colts are really good at limiting big plays, and it's part of the reason that I think that the Bucks went to Fournette was they just were taking what they were giving them. And while Cooks can do that, I just don't. Feel like this Tyrod Taylor led offense can surgically and methodically do what uh, Tom Brady did. So I think it's Jonathan Taylor, Indianapolis defense, and that's about it for me.
0: You like Indy D? They're thirty seven.
1: I mean, they've been they've been a shutdown D. They're thirty seven hundred. Houston, you know is a team that can turn the ball over. I mean, 3,700 is probably a little bit higher than what I want to pay, um, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. I don't mind that play. Yeah. I'm kind of with you overall. Um, I just don't think it's a game where if you believe that Indianapolis can come back and get refocused after getting kind of blasted last week, um, then yeah, but they're, they're kind of showing themselves to be at least the best contender out of that division this year. Um, So I think they'll be motivated given that they're still right there with Tennessee. So yeah, it's you think Taylor's gonna be a little bit under owned given that he's over nine K and I mean CMC's out, so I think people are gonna be reaching for that high price stud uh, that you can count on for twenty-five plus.
1: I mean, I think so. It just depends. Like I said, there's a lot of inexpensive wide receivers that are gonna allow you to pay up to these running backs. It's just a decision of where you're going to go, and I do think people are probably going to go to Jonathan Taylor over Eckler over Mixon. Um, I don't think that there is this belief that Mixon, uh, what he's doing, is sustainable, and and, and maybe it's right. Like, but it, you know, the same thing can be said about Taylor. Just you know, given the opportunities that these guys have had, you know,
0: yeah, yeah as I mean, long
1: as that continues,
0: scoring every week, of course, isn't attainable for or isn't sustainable forever, but. At the same time, like the way they're using him in the red zone, they've obviously found some plays that work when they get down there in in scoring zone. So I think he can sustain it. And I think Jonathan Taylor can sustain it too. I think he's got slate breaking upside like every time he touches the field, especially now that they're using him even more in the passing game. Like he's just yeah, he's the perfect damn DraftKings player. And if I'm starting to cash lineup against the against the Texans, I'm kind of confident with all right, I'm going to get 25 plus out of this guy, no matter what, like unless he gets injured.
1: And you really like nailed it right there. The big thing and the most frustrating thing that we had seen throughout Jonathan Taylor's career was that Naheem Hines was there, and you know, in certain situations, certain game scripts, and and even just just randomly, you know, he would be subbed in and he would steal touchdowns. Um, that hasn't been the case. I mean, Taylor's been utilized in the passing game. Yes, Naheem Hines has had a couple of games, but so did Taylor during those times. I just don't even consider Hines um, viable in any situation because I think that even if – not Houston. Even if Indianapolis is behind, Taylor's going to be playing. Um, I I guess like, you know, I think you need a part of this uh, Colts offense, whether it is Pittman or whether it is Taylor. One of those two parts should be in, in consideration for most lineups because this Houston defense has been absolutely abysmal. Uh, you know, on my screen, they're red everywhere except for the game against the Jets. Aside from that, they're giving up 30 to 60 points depending on the position. They're bad against tight ends, they're bad against running backs, they're bad against wide receivers. Somehow, they're good against quarterbacks. Uh, like, doesn't I don't, I don't know that doesn't make sense to me, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah, I mean. I'm with you on Pittman. I want to go back to Pittman because he's shown that he is getting a very, very high target share in that offense week after week. I can't tell you how much that whatever it was, like four for 50 line on 10 targets just made me want to puke last week, but I digress. Um, Yeah, I think he's the guy that you can target. Like you said, if, if that is how Indy attacks in the first half, if they have to throw, enough to keep the foot on the gas, then Pittman's definitely a great candidate in this matchup. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, when you look at the target share, everybody is under 15% except for Pittman at 24% in in terms of target share on that offense. Uh, The concern is just how many targets are going to be there. What is 24% of, you know, is it 24% of 20 or is it 24% of 30?
0: That's the question. It's probably 20. And then you're looking at four or five targets and you're like, eh, I wouldn't have paid that for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look at Carson Wentz, I mean, he's had a couple games where he's thrown for, you know, 40 or 50. But those were games against, you know, Tennessee. That was a, a kind of a high-scoring affair, 31-34 was the uh, end of 31-38 against the Bucks. That's 44. Aside of that, he mm-hmm. barely gets over the 30 mark. So um, it's
0: Game script just makes it look like, all right, if you believe, and I believe, that Gerard Taylor is not going to lead them to even a good performance for a half of football to keep it relatively close, then... Yeah, there's, there's no need to play anybody in the passing game from ND. And if that offense is going to be that terrible, then, like you said, play Jonathan Taylor and play the NDD. All
1: right. We have spent entirely too much time talking about the Colts and the Texans. Let's <laughs> talk about a, a juggernaut, uh, the Jacksonville Jags, uh, about 12 and a half point dogs coming into LA, a reeling Rams team matt stafford has not looked bad but has not been getting the results that uh he was earlier in the season this team has struggled against winning uh, teams with winning records the packers the 49ers the titans all kind of handled them pretty well but that is not the case this week they're playing the jags jags do not have a winning record jags barely have anybody on their roster that i would consider a winner uh in the national football league i you know like I don't know. Um, I think this is kind of a get-right spot for the Rams, but Cooper Cup's too expensive. Odell Beckham is a guy I just don't ever want to play. I might be convinced to play Daryl Henderson, and James Robinson holds a little bit of interest to me. Aside from all of that, I, I just don't think I can find myself playing LaVisca Chanel. I don't think I can play Van Jefferson, and I'm definitely
0: not playing Marvin Jones. You didn't even mention the wide receiver one on the season, bro. I did mention Cooper Cup. I said oh, he was okay. a little too expensive. A little too expensive. All right, that's why. Just in, yeah. in this,
1: in this, in this situation, like I don't think that they're going to have to put like the pedal to it, and like Cup at nine thousand needs like a high volume game or a game where he's going to score multiple touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess the you know I will float a name out here that I do like. He's back. Dan Arnold's gone. It's
0: Jos
1: O'Shaughnessy at twenty six hundred.
0: Mm. O'Shaughnessy, um, yeah, their tight end has been getting volume. Dan Arnold was a great low price guy for several weeks. I think I played him three weeks in a row. Um, O'Shaughnessy at 2,600, if he's going to assume that role and get even 75% of the volume. He got five targets last week after O'Shaughnessy went out. Um, yeah, why not?
1: I mean, he had eight targets in week one, six for 48. I mean, look, he's at 2,600. It's a salary saver. He's not going to kill you if he gets two or three targets. Um, You're just hoping that you can use that extra salary to find somebody else that's going to score multiple touchdowns. Uh, Again, I I don't think I want to spend too much time on this game. Let's get to one that, like, actually has some fantasy relevance. You know, the Bengals Chargers, the Bucks Falcons, those are the two main games on this slate in terms of fantasy goodness. But a, a step... Below that is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders hosting the resurgent Washington football team at 26, 23 kind of implied total Raiders are the favorite here. Raiders getting it done despite all the turmoil. Um, you know, this Washington football team defense was super disappointing earlier in the year. Uh, you would watch them and I've watched pretty much every single game because it's local market. Um, And it just felt like they were playing better than what they were getting in terms of results. They were letting teams, you know, get the third down conversions. But that hasn't been the case in recent weeks. They beat the Bucs. They handled the Panthers. They beat the Seahawks. And, you know, this defense isn't the dominating one that they were last year. But they're good enough. And, And Taylor Heineke has looked good. Antonio Gibson is in line for what might be And Antonio Gibson feature week at 5,700. How he is not the number one owned running back. If he's not, he's going to be mine. If he is, I have a little more concern. But I really like both running backs in this game Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson. I really like, you know, Logan Thomas and Foster Monroe. I like Terry McLaren and Hunter Henry, or not Hunter Henry, Hunter Renfro, Deshaun Jackson. Like, there's just a lot to like here, man.
0: Yeah, I, I I kind of agree with you. The only the hesitation is if I actually think Washington's a better football team than than the Raiders. I don't think it's that it's not like blowout worthy, but I think they're a better football team than the Raiders. I think they're probably gonna be able to do what they want to do on offense. So if Gibson's able to kind of play ball control and then carves off it just might not it might not shoot out but i'm with you you can make some you can make some very like reasonably priced stacks in this game um the only i kind of want to like mclaurin if it shoots out but he's it's 7400 um yeah if you're shooting out
1: but you're playing mclaurin yeah it is it is but you're you're expecting 100 yards and a touchdown right
0: 100 yards and a touchdown
1: probably comes off of what five catches at a minimum. So we're talking 15, 18. You know, you're at 24 points,
0: yeah, yeah. And then it's and then it's worth it. Um, Renfro, that I want to be interested. It's he's shown to be the, the main wideout. And the thing is, if Waller's out, you already we already talked about earlier, um, a pass catcher who's not. There anymore because of the drunk driving incident and all that. But like you know Renfro is gonna see volume, right? I think you can go if if you're looking at stacks, car Renfro, Moreau to me is so cheap, and then you bring it back with McLaurin, who is the higher priced. If um like that scenario, I think is only if the Raiders get out front, is where you could see it shoot out due to the passing game. Because it's it's pretty clear the like Washington wants to play ball control football keep Heineke's reps limited uh, through the air and just, yeah, last week you saw it, man. They featured they featured Gibson like I was hoping they would from the beginning of the year. So here's
1: what I'll tell you, though. They are a team that can put together long drives when they need to. They did mm-hmm. it against Tampa. They did it, you know, uh, the other night. But Heineke, if you look through it, man, I mean, uh, these are his attempts going back to the first full game they started. 46, 24, 33, 41, 39, 37, 39, 32, 22, and 35. This is a guy that is throwing the ball a ton. His completion percentage in most of those games is somewhere between 60 to 80%. Um, They're not deep passes. They're kind of intermediate passes, and one of my biggest knocks on the guy is that he does hang the ball high a little bit. He's going to get somebody hurt, but he settles down throughout the game and, you know, this team rallies around him. And this this Raiders defense has been absolutely terrible. They've given up over 30 points to fantasy running backs in the last three weeks. Before that, they weren't good. They've given up uh 50 points or more to wide receivers, two out of the last three weeks against Dallas, against Kansas City, huge games against tight ends. I, you know, if Gibson is the only running back and he is, and he gets five to six um targets which he will I, I just don't see how at 5700 you ignore that or how anybody ignores that the only thing that I'm hoping is that for whatever reason throughout the last two years and you you've you've heard me talk about the Raiders a lot as a team I like to target uh, just because they are cheap and they have that upside I just I wonder what the ownership is going to look like but I would be absolutely surprised flabbergasted even if Gibson's not 20 to 25% of the projections and higher than that in, um, high dollar single entry type stuff.
0: He should be, I mean, he 36 touches last week Mm -hmm. and it was on an Island game that should have been viewed and people should see that he's like a legit feature back. And if that's his role, I know he's not getting 36 every week, but they gave him 25 plus a couple weeks before that. So it's, it's clear they want to feature him. Um, and it's also been shown that him and McKissick can go off in the same game.
1: Well, I don't think McKissick's gonna be playing though. I think McKissick's oh, yeah.
0: out. Oh, that's right. He got injured late in that game, didn't he?
1: I think I think he
0: I mean he got yeah, carded off. The, I don't the... I don't think he's making a comeback. <laughs> yeah, it's the Gibson show then.
1: Um, so the only reason that I can see him not having that type of ownership is a guy in this next game. San Francisco goes to the beleaguered um you know seattle seahawks uh, this is a game in seattle but san Francisco's a three-point favorite i i might actually go jump on this line because i feel like this is wrong although you know san francisco just doesn't feel like a team that runs it up but elijah mitchell this guy uh especially because i believe debo is is out i, I think he's hurt uh so brandon Ayuk, elijah mitchell george kittle who's your favorite play out of those three and why is it elijah mitchell
0: <laughs> it is Elijah Mitchell because I expect them to go up there and do what they want to do and they've shown what they want to do is run Elijah Mitchell I don't know why he's still 6k I, I, I don't understand know he he's, hasn't had consistent pass game work throughout the year but he's had five targets in two of his last three games
1: like that's yeah, worth something don't need like so here's the thing he you know he has a questionable tag but that's he. he didn't practice because of a non-injury though Debo Samuel is doubtful. Trey Sermon is questionable. Not that they ever, you know, did anything with him. Jamichael Hasty is questionable. Uh, I don't think Jeff Wilson has stolen, you know, touches from just about anybody this year. So I I, I love him going against the Seattle team that has just been abysmal against the run. Uh, that we saw it on, you know, the game against Washington, and and I love that play. But I, I do in the back of my mind think that Brandon Ayuk if he goes overlooked and I don't think he will at 5600 without DeBo th- this is a guy that had tons of targets last year when he was featured. We're talking 16 one game, 13 another um, and it is going to be a situation for me that I believe people will be like I want to see it first, you know, I want to see it happen. But he's getting 6 to 8 targets right now as it is though i i, I yep. like one of the two of those guys or maybe both of them probably not both but one or the two
0: yeah i could definitely see a path for Ayuk. i i want to like um i want to like Kittle because of what you just kind of went to and i think that's where most people are going to go if they're if they're confident in playing a san francisco um skill player i think that's going to be it where they go so that leaves kittle at 5900 bucks um at least he's shown In previous years, he hasn't had a huge game yet this year like you used to expect from him, but um, he could still be that tight end that kind of breaks that position, and uh, I think I'm going to have to play some of them depending on ownership, at least double the field.
1: Yeah, in terms of on the other side of the ball, I don't have a ton of interest. Russell Wilson, sixty four hundred, and I don't care. Alex Collins, DJ Dallas, Travis Homer, none of those guys interest me. Um, I, you know, you could say it's a squeaky wheel game, possibly for DK Metcalf, or you could just say that Russ doesn't like him for some reason. Um, you know, that would be the only narrative that you could, you know, squeak a little uh, squeaky wheel narrative, DK Metcalf, in there. Otherwise, the guy that's felt the safest in this offense has been. Gerald Everett, nine targets last week, five for 37. But without a touchdown, you know, on a showdown slate, that's okay. Uh, on a bigger slate, I'd rather, you know, take the savings and the risk and go get a Shaughnessy. I'd rather pay up and, and get Kittle or, or maybe even Hawkinson or probably more than likely go to a guy like Gronk as opposed to Everett. So it's kind of what I feel about that game.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. Not much. You know, I don't want to say that DK needs to show us anything. He's obviously shown upside in the past. But I do kind of need to see it now because there's just been body language with Russ where, like, he just feels like this team is toast and doesn't have it. It almost gives me vibes of when uh, – remember when Kobe, like, kind of just gave up on, on the Lakers' season against the Suns that one year? Where he's like, look, we're beat. I'm just – I don't have it. Um, I'm not going to shoot. It kind of feels like Russ is doing that sometimes. And I'm not saying he ever gives up, but how do you not target – DK more. He didn't have a catch until a minute left last week. Like the dudes, yeah. It's just they talented. they don't
1: they don't have it, man. And like, no, there's the no way. Terrible. They, and sometimes the way for a team if they don't have it to gain it is just to get real physical. And this isn't a physical team. They can't run the ball. Um, it. This is a like you know. I might not take the points, but I definitely am going to take San Francisco. I take the under. Another divisional game. There's a lot of those. Big big parlay coming up. Big parlay.
0: Yeah, I definitely like um I like the under you talked about earlier. I like that under and I'm sorry, the over in the Centy game. But other than that, these division matchups, like it's just been shown year after year the second time around. Scoring goes down.
1: And we have one That's... more divisional game, a rivalry game, a game that I'm not necessarily super excited about. You've got Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. They're five point favorites uh over the Steelers in Pittsburgh. You know the Steelers' defense uh, really looked like trash last week. Uh, I think TJ Watt is on the COVID list. This Baltimore offense has looked like trash when guys blitz them. Um, but how much are they going to be able to do that? I you know I don't I don't have I don't have much interest at all across the board here. You know, um, Friar Muth got there at the end last week with a touchdown, much to Johnny Danger's uh, just just. he was he was beside himself i think he was shaking he didn't tell us but i was super happy about it um deontay johnson at 6800 just doesn't have the pop this year you know he's still good and seasonal but just it doesn't he doesn't have that 21 point ceiling that we were talking about with with mclaren he's not going to get two touchdowns he doesn't get the 100 yards yeah he gets 13 catches but like i I just don't i don't like any part of this i don't want to play marquise brown i guess maybe like mark andrews is is the only guy, but at six thousand, I think I'd rather probably go to a guy like George Kittle, like that we just talked about at fifty nine hundred.
0: Yeah, I eh, I don't know. Andrews has been he's been coming on. He's had a really solid stretch here, um, at least every other week or so. And then he had that one monster week, but yeah, I I do like um, I do like Deonte though, as far as at least a cash play. Like you said, he does. He hasn't shown the upside, into it's games, so game. So, you, like, you think Steelers, Ravens, you think low-scoring game. But the Ravens have been throwing the ball a ton this year, and I think Pittsburgh's going to have to. Um, any interest as far as just a volume guy? If they're in catch-up mode, like, do you think the Steelers' offense gets into scoring position enough for Najee to pay off at almost 8K?
1: Well, I was going to say, here's one sneaky stack. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger's 5K. Um, You know, he hasn't been good, but he's flirted around that 250 to 275 uh, total yardage like every single week. Like if he could just get up over 300 and score a touchdown, like, you know, we're like 16, 17 points. It's a it's a really cheap way to get exposure to some of these guys in cash. Um, But you know what this is, Adam, this is a divisional matchup in this season it is a 24 or 24 i'd take the over on that but a 44.0 or a to, 44 total. point over total just
0: say just say total, total. <laughs>
1: there's a total it's a total we're, we're not taking yeah. the over um yeah i mean i don't know i i i don't nazi's 7700 i think that there are better better running backs and better situations that are going to have Similar ceilings, similar ownership, similar leverage. Uh, probably, I mean, like, yeah, in a million-maker lineup or two, Like, I, I'd probably have, like, some 5% in 150 lineups.
0: The one guy I'm interested in, and I've been playing him because the peripheral numbers have been there, the volume, the, the air yards, um, much like I was playing T. Higgins before last week. But Claypool, if Claypool he- is healthy, Um, that's a guy I'm going to have a hard time not at least putting into 10% of lineups if he's going to be 5% on, because he has that upside. He's been catching more long passes, two of 37 and 41, the last two, two weeks. So he's a guy that can get there on two plays, even at six K.
1: And I would say that this Baltimore defense has been exploitable in the air. Uh, There is this perception that they're really good. And
0: the deep they, ball, though, not they play. They
1: they tend to be good in limiting one position or the other. So they have given up blow up games to wide receivers. So I don't I don't hate that. Like at ten percent, I think that that's a a decent enough you know. And we've seen Claypool run the ball into. I don't think that that's going to be the situation. But you know, I can see him scoring two touchdowns on eighty yards receiving, and you know, getting you a twenty to twenty five point game.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's someone I'm um, like. Cash game confident in, but the upside's I, there. The upside I think, there. I Just think I think
1: he's has, a guy is. that if you're you leave your flex open, you have maybe him in the flex. Maybe you have Ayuk or Kittle or you know a, a variety of different guys, or or even. I mean, he maybe like, how much was uh, Renfro? Like maybe one of these guys, like, 8, like a guy like Renfro at 5,800. So this is a perfect example. So you have Renfro in there. You've got $200 left over just to make sure that you can pivot off because if your lineup is behind or you're near cash line or something like that, and you can just see that like you've got Renfro, he's going to be 25% owned. I think you can pivot over to Claypool. The difference is like Renfro might allow you to min cash. Uh, Claypool might give you a type of game that, you know possibly because of his ownership is going to get you you know much more than that so that's that's the thought that i would have there
0: yeah for sure like if you're if you're playing in a smaller game like a weekly 10 person or something like that with some friends
1: or like a 20 person you, 25 yeah, person something yeah, like yeah you
0: gotta okay. play catch up like throw a play pool in there instead of renfo if you're up you know Renfo's getting the value he's probably the safer play like stay with them
1: yeah it's crazy like when you play in those type of leagues you know you have 20 people and i you more app malfunctions than i've i've ever had in my personally ever for me ever ha- have ha- happened in those type of leagues or so i hear like where people have to have manual entries i you know i don't i don't understand it i don't get it my <laughs> app wasn't working really really come on uh i mean it's all funny. games i just thought yeah i don't have a
0: problem with it but
1: man like every week two or three people it just doesn't make sense to me
0: no i'm 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 totally with you there um yeah I, I think that about sums it up i mean it's another divisional game these two these two teams although they're not like ground and pound type teams this year i just don't see it being super high scoring you said the total is at like 44 right yeah 44 45 yeah there's a pat i could see i could see it going over but um it's not something i want to bank on i'm not confident enough in it let's put it this way to to put a lot of eggs in that basket. The one thing I'll say is divisional game down the stretch. Baltimore's got to get back on track. Like I actually kind of like Lamar as a, what I'm guessing will be a pretty low owned um, quarterback option there.
1: I I think Lamar always is going to have some ownership. We haven't seen the the quarterbacks have any type of like actionable uh, ownership that you need to fade them at all this year. But um you know, like I think Herbert last week at like 18% was like the highest one that we'd seen. Uh, just to kind of take a look at this, if we take all of these divisional games and we include the Sunday night game, um, which is the, oh, let's actually even include the Monday night game because we've got a lot of divisional games. So we talked about a bunch of them. I think we've talked about the slate, but we've got the Broncos and the Chiefs. We've got the Patriots and the Bills. I almost like the Patriots at plus three. That's something that you might want to take a look at. But I'm going to take a small bet here. I'm just, you know, I'm throwing like 20 bucks on it. Uh, I'm getting plus 9,000 odds. So this is a $2,000 parlay that we're putting in here. Um, this is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven five, six, seven. Seven legs. Mm-hmm. This is all the unders. Unders here. in all
0: divisional games. Yep. hmm
1: all right, I, I placed it. I made sure it was all unders. I made sure I didn't screw it up because, I, uh, you know, when we talked about those best balls, I made a bet that day. I was drunk. I, I messed up the bet and uh, it cost myself quite a bit of money uh, looking back at it. So,
0: yeah, I would imagine at this point it's kind of sad. Um, if we're going to talk those two, a non division game coming up on Thursday, I know you don't really do. Um, kind of slate breakdowns for the showdowns on a different show. But just at that total, 47-and-a-half, Cowboys-Saints, kind of kind of like in the under there with Taysom Hill a quarterback.
1: Yeah, so I think that's 47-and-a-half. Uh, it's an and under half. game. Um, you know, it's also a home team getting points in prime time. I kind of like the Saints plus four-and-a-half. Um, I, th- I definitely think that there is a path. That if they get out in front, this Dallas team doesn't have a ton of fight, Uh, has a little bit, but I just question how good they are. Um, Me too. I, not that the Saints are good, but I mean, I think if the Saints have a strong point, it is their defense. If They can control the ball with Taysom Hill. If they can run the ball with whoever is going to be in that backfield, um, I, I think the Saints can do this. Uh, I'm fully prepared for them to lose like 30 to nine, like they did on, on Thanksgiving, though. So, um, you know, take it for what it's worth. It's a system bet. Uh, you just you take the points in prime time uh, when the team's at home. It's just what you do.
0: Yeah, and they can lose. They can lose 21-17 in cover. That's pretty enticing. That four going through that four that four point um, threshold is pretty huge. Again, yeah, look, it, it,
1: people don't understand implied odds. You know, I was talking about this in the Discord, and it, we'll talk about it right here. Like, look, the Saints are plus one eighty. You know, like that means that they win this game more often than you hit the middle third numbers in roulette. Like, you know, that's a plus 200 bet. But when people see those odds, plus 200 or, you know, plus 400, for example, those seem like long odds. Plus 400 means it happens one in five times. Like it it happens and it happens enough. It's 20% of the time. Uh, Mm -hmm. This four and a half, they have it at minus 110. In terms of where the betting numbers are right now, I can check this for you. Um, We've got 65% of the bets coming in on Dallas this line hasn't moved since like the initial move. The, the, it opened. It was kind of weird. I think Taysom Hill was involved or brought in. They knew that CeeDee Lamb and uh, I think Mari Cooper were going to play, and then the line just shifted crazily. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 65% of the bets are coming in. That's. I like to fade the public on top of it. So Oh,
0: 100%.
1: 100%. All right, Adam. Well, it was good. Hopefully we get you on some more of these shows as the season progresses. We only have five or six more weeks. Um, But I know that you had mentioned that you wanted to maybe get into some LOL. So maybe we'll do that in the new year as well. And we can talk about that. Bring you over to the eSports with Emmerich YouTube channel, uh, you know, in correlation with the DrRoto.com. But, hey, this has been Draft for Upside. For Adam White, I'm Chris Emmerich. Uh, check us out at drroto.com. We've got uh, members-only Discord, a Discord package. You can get a package for the whole site. Use code DOC, and uh, we'll talk to you later.